Hello, everyone. So glad that you joined us. Welcome, if this is your first time listening, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm Grace, and you're listening to the Thanks Mom Podcast. Hey, Grace. Hey, Mom. It's nice to be recording back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We went off and re what like readjusting I don't know like we've, we've just, just been on that. weird schedules because either I have something on a weekend or you have something on a weekend so yeah or we've been traveling either like yeah it's just falling on different days so right so it's nice to be kind of back on schedule I guess we could say yeah. at least for the next I don't know while hopefully we'll see hopefully well, one thing I was going to talk to you about this off podcast but because we recorded on Saturday recently and that I thought that worked pretty well I was like now that it's F1 season again, we might need to consider making Saturday our normal recording day. So we're not always interfering with the race. Just letting you know, it's very important. So well, your dad did just mention that we need to do a podcast on F1, but I think he'd have to come back on or bring Andrew on as a guest. That would be fun. What would he want to talk about, about F1? Those two could talk about F1 forever. So, and for those of you who don't know what F1 is, it's Formula One racing. Um, Race cars international race car drivers yes there you go max anyway. Verstappen's our, our person in the house who we root for as well as his teammate sergio perez so right. we're a red bull family red we are bull well family. i don't know i like lots of teams i mean like lots of not teams i like lots of racers from different ones but yes most of us but like overall yeah. our main our main people we root for, at least currently, because you guys were Mercedes people for a little bit, weren't you? No. Didn't you guys cheer for Hamilton for Ferrari? No, no. Oh, you cheered Ferrari? Okay. I it thought you guys liked on, Hamilton for a little bit. Or is that on the favorite? racer. No, it did not. I thought you eventually got sick of Hamilton because he, he won so many no. times. You're well, just... that's what Andrew and dad sounded like to me before I got into it. Is that They were like, Hamilton, Hamilton. Eventually, they're like, we're over Hamilton. He always wins. Like someone else needs to win. No. So but I don't know. I didn't pay close enough attention. This is before I cared. So <laughs> you're funny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so that it we are getting into that season. That is for sure. Yeah. The day we're recording is the first day of the next season of F1. So it's a big day for everyone. So, <laughs> so funny to hear. That's why we're talking about it. So yeah. But, but well, any funny stories you have since we last talked? Because I am just, I've been tired and I'm struggling to, yeah, I guess. I think through. Okay. I don't know if this to, is a funny story or just like a funny series of events. Okay. But it was just, I don't, okay. I don't even know what to describe this as. So I'm just going to tell the story. So um, I went with some friends last night. We just went to like get dinner and then after, when we were at dinner, we were like, we should go to Culver's after. Like, Culver's is a regular out here in Holland, at least for me and my friends. Um, and so we were at this um, place where they, they do like a four to seven happy hour. So they have like a bunch of appetizers and drinks for cheaper because it's happy hour, obviously. They were just really busy. It was a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just taking a while and they they seemed to be understaffed so you know we sat for longer than we probably should have but we we got a lot of food for a good price you know just because okay. it's happier so it's kind of like okay we have nowhere to be it's fine but you know in another setting you'd kind of be like uh, this is you know kind of a not okay wait but we were just we didn't really care that much anyways so when we left though we were like all right let's go grab some ice cream quick and head home and play some games mm-hmm. um and we get to culver's and do the drive through and then, you know, you pull over and you sit to the side um, and you wait for them to bring your concrete mixers out. And see, this is another reason, mom, why Chick-fil-A is just better. Um, oh, my gosh. Because we sat there for 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. And I still hadn't brought our things out. And cars were pulling in next to us and pulling out and pulling it. And like, what the heck? And during this, shout out to Gracie. She calls me and she's like, hey, I had, she's like, it's just been a weird day. Can I tell you some funny stories? And I was like, okay. sure, I'm just waiting for my ice cream right now. Go for it. So, like, I, I kind of tuned out in the back seat. My friends are sitting in the front. And at one point, I see one of my friends go out, like, to go in and check and see where our ice cream is. Um, And then shout out to Gracie because it was just really fun. And Annie, they were just having a weird day together where weird things kept happening. 
Um, it was just funny because she she was having an issue with her car like a a stick got a stick got stuck under her car like like an eight foot stick got hooked underneath no they hooked in where she couldn't like back she went to drop annie off because they both came home this weekend and then rolled over this stick somehow anyways so it's just funny so then she's laughing and telling me all these other other weird things before this that went wrong or just went weird that day where she's like it's just been one thing after another and all of a sudden i couldn't get the stick out of my car i couldn't get home you know you guys were all at date night last night so they weren't her annie's parents weren't there to like help mm-hmm. gracie lives across town so she's trying to face her parents they don't understand so finally she takes a video and they had tugged on the stick a few times to try and pull it out but they're trying not to pull too much because they didn't want to hurt something so it was like in the car so they're trying to be careful so she's finally is like i'll take a video i'll text it to you she takes this video gives it a tug quick and this she like put the camera down for a second to tug it to show like it's not okay. coming loose i can't just pull it out okay. and then you just hear her and annie burst laughing because she told me on the phone she's like all of a sudden it just for some reason decided to come loose we had tried this over and over again and it wouldn't oh my gosh and so then you just see like the gravel because they had put the video on the ground <laughs> and i'm just laughing so then anyway so then i turned my she i had hung up with her because she got home she called me on the way home or whatever and told me this i was like send me this video this sounds entertaining so it was just where she was like it's just been one thing after another of just weird coincidences and all these things and the stick was huge it was just funny so i'm laughing at that in the car and then our then um, my friend comes back he's like yeah somehow they like had our concrete mixer sitting there and like no one grabbed them and someone at one point was like i wonder who those are like why are they just sitting there and like haven't been taken to someone he's like yeah that's our order and so then we got it and like three free concrete mixtures for waiting for 25 anyway so somehow dinner and dessert took like three hours but it was fine and then we played clue i think it's just your culvers i've never had that much that long of wait at that culvers before Oh, okay. And I was talking about when we were talking about that all that. I know, I you're talking about, about the other one. Culvers. I wasn't talking about the Holland Culvers. Anyways, um, so that was just funny. The concrete mixer was so good. And then somehow it was just a weird night because I ordered chocolate with brown, no, chocolate with Oreos. My friend ordered chocolate with brownie. And it, and it was dark in the car. And I thought I'd turn the light on for a quick so- second because everything else was the same. We had chocolate and peanut butter. So we're like, it's just the cookie that's different, you know, so Pete can see what's like mixed in. And I was like, sure, sure. I thought I saw black. So I was like, oh, it's Oreo. I was like, yep, this is mine. And after a few bites, I'm like, I'm not chewing Oreos. These are definitely brownies. I'm like, Kelly, are you are you eating brownies? She's like, no, these definitely aren't brownies, but I don't know what they are. And I was like, you have my Oreos. And I thought we had checked this. And she was like, she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So then we switched. We both had eaten half of each other's ice cream and then switched. And I don't know what I she's like, I don't know what these are. She's like, she's like, yeah, I realized that like three minutes ago that these definitely aren't brownies. I was like, why did you say that? So I, I was know. like, do you care enough? Do you want your? She's like, I kind of want mine. I was like, I kind of want mine too. She's That's hilarious. <laughs> it, was just, it was just weird. It was just uh, very weird. So then I played Clue and I played two rounds and I decided we've been doing this series. Oh, of did Clue you take the Clue? Didn't realize. Yeah, I'm borrowing Clue right now. I have it at the at our apartment. All of us didn't realize that there's like house rules to Clue and different ways of playing Clue because just one friend brought it and we're like, let's play. And then everyone was like, wait you do it that way like some people play you have to be in the room you're acute like that you think it happened into accuse some people you just accuse as soon as you're sure other times you have to go to this specific spot of the board to accuse you need to just read the directions it tells you how to play different versions do different do it differently too because there's older and newer versions and update it so that and then some of it was just like okay maybe that's not how you play it but our family plays it this way so we like this version so it just so now everyone's bringing their version of clue from home and we're playing every different kind and then we're going to vote in the end and you can't vote for your own of which kind you like the best so anyways we played my version a second time last night and i decided because i couldn't remember my best version of taking notes and so i've had you took the master detective i took master detective so i I didn't, I could, I finally like remembered the best way I think to take notes. And, but then I was like, this is just like, it's, I'm such an accounting brain. Now. I was like, why would I do this on paper? This is just so much easier. You yes, pulled out your laptop? I have a template now for oh clue notes and it works so well. I would have won last night, except all of us figured it out in the same round. And I was the third last. Oh my goodness. Someone guessed got it wrong, which confirmed what it was for me. But then I was Kelly, Kelly went before me. So I couldn't then guess because she could guess before me but the yeah. second round I won and I and I was tired so I missed that I could have guessed it around before so I now have a clue template um google sheets that you are a nerd clarified so I, I won last night though I was pretty proud it was fountain with oh I forget what it was with but she was in the she was it was peacock at the fountain with something I can't remember what 
poison. I think it was a poison, but that might have been the round before. So that's so funny. Anyways. Oh my gosh. All right. I don't have a funny story like that, but that that is funny that I, that you pulled out your computer to do a clue template on. You probably put, could patent it, Grace. You could copyright it. Maybe you can make some money <laughs> off that. Like it's you could really, put, like, were they really now the new clue? Though. It wasn't. They put in a QR code instead of giving you like pads of paper and it could be like QR code to your template. You you could like. Yeah. So it's and... really not a complicated one though. It's just what I was writing on the sheet, but it's just. I know, but look at what it's you could... color coded really is what it is. Mm -hmm. So when I say yes, someone has probably it. Become QR codes and people will know you. Grace Brown, the game template. I don't know. Copywriter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you thought accounting would only have to do with numbers. You and Gabe mm -hmm. could like match up because he's like making a board game right now. You could be like, I could yeah. do this for you, organization. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, we just, I guess my, my, it's not a funny story, but it's, I guess it's a fun story and kind of just a Holy Spirit story. We just had a really good time after like date night last night. We got together with our friends, Steve and Kim. We haven't done that in a really long time and just hung out and caught up and which is good because we're both, I mean, since I've started my new business, they've started a new business and mm -hmm. just been busy and our uh, friend Steve just, you know, lost his sister suddenly the other week. And this was good to just kind of have time. And so I was, it was just a grateful thing, like a fun time as well as just grateful for friendship time. So mm -hmm. shout out to Steve and Kim, thanks for being our good friends and, and spending time with us and. It was a Holy Spirit filled fun moment. So that's how we spent our evening. And it was nice that it's been kind of low, lower key, like not so much that we could actually do that. So yeah. I enjoyed it. We were out a little bit later than I wanted, but yeah, it's all good. Sorry. I'm like half yawning. It's Sunday afternoon. I think I'm going to need my Sunday afternoon nap. But yeah. So did you have a Holy Spirit you wanted to share before we jumped into our topic? I gotta think because we did such a quick turnaround with recording and be like I have another Holy Spirit moment mm -hmm. um just with Lent and I don't know that mm, always I actually do oh gosh I'm um, sorry I hurt myself um <laughs> I I I pray most mornings with many Hail Marys for my rosary mm -hmm. I was on this morning and I love I haven't said this before the glorious mysteries are my favorite um and they, I'm on there this morning and I think it was Caroline who was hosting and she's like, Hey, so that, you know, for Lent, we're going to, instead of doing the glorious mysteries on Sunday, we're going to do the sorrowful for a second. I was like, Oh, come on. Like we only get Wednesday and Sunday for glorious. And now you're, you know, you're, we're going to have three days a week of sorrowful mysteries and just one day of glorious. Like I was like, I don't really like that. I was like, I don't really, I don't know if I want to do that, you know, but then, and I really do love the sorrowful mysteries. Like when I do, do get into a place where I can just be contemplative and not like sometimes it's hard for me and I just am distracted praying the rosaries. I'm sure we all do. Um, but I'm always struck, even though they're, it's just very heavy. It's just, they're also very beautiful. And so I just had one of those mornings where I actually, at least for some of it was really focused and just again, struck by how beautiful it is. And I was like, you know, this is actually kind of cool. The way we, you know, in a way fast during mass during Lent, we don't sing the Alleluia and we replace it with something else. And we take the Gloria out just like Advent. I was like, I'm kind of fasting from the glorious mysteries right now and I'm replacing it with the sorrowful and these are, you know, and I really, really love the glorious, but soon it's going to be, you know, the big time of the glorious mysteries. And that's all we're going to be talking about for a bit. Um, and it was just kind of a cool way of like, all right, in my personal prayer time, not just in the mass, I can do a little bit of like a fast of like, all right, I'm going to remind myself that this is a different time of year by not praying my favorite mysteries and praying the sorrowful mysteries and I don't know just like the way it linked with like the giving up the alleluia in my brain was kind of cool and I felt like that was yeah. a really of like no this is like in your personal prayer not just your public prayer with the whole church this is where you get to fast a little bit and I was like okay I can be I can get behind that and it was just profound too because it wasn't like grumbling praying the rosary I was like no these are actually really beautiful and sometimes I forget that like I put up a little fit sometimes when it's like the day to pray the sorrow books I'm like I don't really want to think about that that's sad and then every time I actually get into it I'm like actually I could pray these every day they're beautiful like I don't know well, why I would put up a fit funny that you say that because I was raised like that during I thought that was normal so I don't know if my parents just did that because it might be normal 
but no, I haven't found it anywhere. I mean, I think it's probably up to you, but that all during Lent, our family would pray the sorrowful mysteries, like all of Lent and all of Advent. We'd play, pray the joyful mysteries and all of the Easter season, we would pray the glorious mysteries. And so I just thought that was what you were supposed to do, but then Mm -hmm. I've had it with people doing different ways. So, I mean, I think you can do just depends what you want to do. Right. I think it's kind of neat for your your version, say that instead of where there's certain days assigned so that they rotate, but during liturgical seasons, the way I did it when I was younger was that you prayed that's, you know, that was before the luminous mysteries Mm -hmm. came along. And I think I've heard of that practice before too, a little bit. And I think, I think the days, having it set up for days usually just is for like, Hey, if you're going to be a daily rosary prayer, here's a, just an automatic like shuffling through them all versus, I don't know if growing up you prayed, you guys prayed a rosary every day. It would make sense just if you're praying it once a week. Well, let's pray for the liturgical season. Right. Sure, right. Exactly. So, right. So, but that is so, cool. I'm glad it impacted you that way. Wait, that way, that day. I can't And talk. also you guys should go check it out because yesterday, so Saturday, the fourth, if you want to go look it up, they prayed with some, there was a, there's a deaf school in Uganda um, and they, the children prayed the rosary in Ugandan sign language. Oh, like, how beautiful. It was just really, really cool. And I, I didn't stay on after to hear their story. No, actually, they didn't. I think I came on late because they did it on YouTube, not Instagram. So it took. I came on like into the second mystery. Because at first I was like, why aren't they on? And I figured out they were on YouTube. Um, Anyways, it was just really. That's really beautiful. Cool and moving. And you heard the lady who, because they had someone behind the camera voicing it. So you knew where they were in the prayer. Um, but just, awesome. she got choked up a few times too. And this is like her ministry. This is what she does. It's not the first time she'd seen it. Yeah. So it was just really cool. So That's if you neat. guys want to check that out, it was very like, yeah, show it to cool to see like, we, you know, sometimes they've done like, Hey, we're going to have this person respond in their, you know, first language, yeah, their, their native tongue. Right. Yeah, but this was cool to just see it to be like, even when you can't even hear or speak, well, some, some deaf people can speak, but you know, so tell uh, just cool. for our listeners, where should they go? Look, since we're talking about this, it's many, yeah, Hill- many Hill Marys. Oh, they've got, they're called many Hill Marys at a time. They've got an Instagram. They've got a YouTube. They've got a website. So you can go look up their YouTube is probably where it would be easiest, but I'm sure their Instagram has a link to it somewhere. Um, I don't know. I'm that's the only thing I'm using Instagram right now for, for right now for Lent. So I ha- wasn't I'm not really sure if they posted something about it to send you over there. So YouTube, that's cool. So yeah. Anyways, that's a little bit about me. Do you have a funny story or a Holy Spirit moment, Mom? Grace, I already shared it kind of about my day yesterday. Oh. Shout out. I said that we got to hang out with Stephen Kim. After. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's a lazy Sunday afternoon, but we can transition into our topic. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about, we were kind of struggling with a topic today Mm because we need some more topic ideas from our listeners. And I was trying to come up with an idea and then it kind of just wasn't clicking what I was thinking, but I thought it would be fun to talk about technology because Mm -hmm. I know that can kind of be a generational hot button topic kind of, or just confusing because it is very interesting to think about my generation looking back because I was very much at that transition of, you know, email coming out. I very much remember getting my first real email account when I was heading to Michigan State and entering college and we were, you know, the internet was out before them, but it was very much like you booked time at the library for your class to go, you know, use computers to use the internet, but very much still you would check out resource books. And, you know, I remember when I was way younger elementary school, my parents buying, you know, a whole full set of encyclopedias as we were getting older and needed that to have resource books in our home. And, you know, this is way before the World Wide web, but then remember that launching and then along came cell phones. And then specifically, I remember the iPhone coming out. Like I remember your dad needing different types of for, for med school and things like that, for, um, different types, 
to look up pharmaceutical things or, you know, when you'd have a, I can't even think of the name, but like when iPads or, or iPods came out for music and different, like the evolution of tech in that way. And I know Grace, you remember some of not, ha- like you say, I remember still cassettes and, vi- you know, and VHS tapes and then DVDs. I like remember for our wedding, getting a dual like VHS and then DVD player. And that was a really big thing. And I remember wall phones too. Like I remember, I remember people teasing us about that or you, I just remember growing up people being like, you don't even know this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I grew up like very young when things transitioned over, but I grew up enough on some of these things that I remember them. And I remember talking to Annie about this recently. She's like, oh yeah. She's like, I think you guys got like a mobile phone quicker than we did. Like that you pick up from the, you could walk around with. She's like, but I remember she's like preschool, kindergarten, sitting on the counter in the kitchen on our wall phone, talking to you. And mom would come in to make dinner and kick, like kicked me off the phone because she wanted the kitchen to herself. And I couldn't, she's like, sometimes I'd go around the corner, but like, I couldn't take it with me. Like I remember us talking about that a few months ago recently. She's like, I remember sitting and talking to you on the wall phone for hours. And like, we would get kicked off by my mom when it was time to make dinner. I was like, that's so funny. Like, right. And so you, I think you have a good thing where your younger siblings probably don't really remember a lot of that at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be a neat thing to talk about because I think through you and just your conversations and like you, how you've studied and have different classes talking about it. And then even seeing through your younger brother, our oldest son and his going into digital animation and game design and being very techie and where you know as like I mean video games has been out forever like Atari was out when I was like itty bit you know like that like it was around and then my brothers got um not Nintendo I don't Sega a Sega Genesis and then I I mean I've always been kind of anti-video games but just seeing how they've evolved and things and how needing a balance I think my kids have actually help me see where that balance should be more than if I had just gone off my own experience. And I think you, Grace, actually have a very beautiful insight and balance to it where um, you see that there, there can be such a positive use of technology where I think my generation sometimes just sees it as kind of like my parents' generation, almost a very negative or very skeptical and, mm-hmm. and I think it is in some ways very good to be skeptical and to find balance and, and you need that, but you also can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater because yeah. it's not going anywhere. And so how, if it's not going anywhere, can we embrace it in the correct way? And so I kind of wanted just to ask you and get your insight in, and have some comments on that, because I think you have thought about this and you really balance it. And like you're doing now, you abstain or fast from it at certain times and are good at like how to limit and, and what, and what your uses are for. So I was going to kind of just let you share and kind of comment on that. Cause I thought it was cool. I think, I think this is something I still wrestle with. So that's going to be my disclaimer because I think there's still a part of me that, that understands that. And I think I came to know this more recently of there's just a very, the way that a lot of technology, specifically social medias and like TV shows, like programs are set up, are set up, unfortunately to be addictive just the way like even right. just the pull down on like almost anything you have like the refresh setting you pull down and it resets that's supposed it like stimulates the same thing in your brain as like when you go and pull a slot machine and it, like it's it's waiting for a dopamine hit mm-hmm. and that's addictive um and so so that's just one thing like one thing that we need to be aware of that like has become more understandable to me of like this is built to be addictive this is built the people who make technology understand and study how our brains work and they know I shouldn't say all of it's built to be addictive but but some of it is because they make make that's how they make money off of it all these free like things out there have to make money somehow and a lot of it is through um advertising and Mm -hmm. us spending up optimal amount of time watching things that have ads and us tapping on things with ads and so they want us there there as long as possible because that's how they make their money so that's its own thing and that's something we need to balance and I think that's something where we need to study ourselves too and understand what how our brain works and how we're going to be drawn to certain things and want to stay on something for hours and hours and hours 
and just just be aware because knowledge is power of like this is how my brain works I'm really going to want this and so if I know this about myself then how do I start drawing limits um isn't there ways to in different settings because they have done research on that like the blue button versus the red alert button like you can go into your phone or laptop yeah there's things you can do change that but I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of people know that like because they have specifically speaking for marketing things and stimulation and dopamine hits like what you're saying I don't think a lot of people know you can go in and change those settings because there is something about a red alert button versus like you know a blue or scrolly you know, the wheel spinning, like you can change the, some of those things, but yeah. people just don't know that. Or you can make your screen black and white. I have a way if I click my home button three times, there's something I went on in my settings and turned that on. And I last, like last year for a while, that was just, I would keep, I haven't done this in a while. I should go back to doing this. The default of my phone, I would just leave it on black and white. And then if it was like, oh, this looks like it's really pretty. I'm going to turn it off because I want to see the colors. But then I'd go back to, I just want a black and white. And I had a friend ask me like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because then I don't want to be on my phone as much. It doesn't look as pretty. Then I'm on here because, oh, I need to check a text. Oh, I, or I want to open this up, but it's not, there's less temptation to stay on it because there's less pretty colors everywhere. And And things like that, where I was like, not that this is bad, but then the part of me that I know is going to want to make excuses to stay on longer than I need to is going to be less drawn to do that because there's less anyways. So I've, I think there's more I can do. And I think, I think sometimes I might give, I try to be cautious because I think I, I like what I have on the things I do on my technology a lot. So I want an excuse for why it's good and um, why it's helpful. And I think that it is helpful and it is good. And there is a way to balance it, but I know I probably can err too far on that side at times and so I'm trying to be aware of that and like still wrestle with what is too far and what is where should I be limiting maybe more than I think I should be and all that so that's just my disclaimer also the other disclaimer being even if we're not always on things with pretty colors we're in a culture that wants to like not be silent anymore and we easily can always have music podcast shows whatever playing in the background and we never have to be silent and so I think that's another thing I've learned too is like where like can my can my default in life be silence and then it's like a unique and special thing to have a podcast a show music playing things like that or am I just being that or when I do turn them on it there's just a reason for it it's not just I'm always having something on because I want something on so anyways that's a few things but the good and beautiful things I see about it is I've just I remember it's striking me one day, like when this, when I kind of, I hadn't, I didn't, I got on social media a lot later than most people. I didn't get on it until, I don't know. I got Snapchat and Facebook, probably sophomore, junior year of high school. I got Instagram at the end of my senior year. Cause that's how they were doing um, senior assassin, how they were keeping track of like who got who and all of those things. If you guys don't know what senior Sa- assassin is, it's like a elimination game where you have nerf guns. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have a target that you're assigned and you have to, you, you get, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's so the way they're keeping, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, if you don't know what that is, that sounds really dark. So I better say, explain Senior yeah. Assassin. It's, it's very like lighthearted a, and funny. It and is. Yeah. It is. So that was how our high school senior class, that's how they like communicated, like who got their target, you know, when our new assignments coming out, all of this. So I was like, I'll get Instagram. And if I want to keep it after this, I'll keep it. But you know, we'll go from there. And I, that's when I found many Hail Marys and stuff. And then I found a lot of other positive influencers. And I was like, this is really nice. Like I found the Catholic corner of Instagram basically. And I was like, I don't want to get off of this. This is really positive, uplifting, all of these things. Like anyways, I've, I've talked about this because we've talked about social media before and we're talking about technology in general. But I remember thinking back later when I started like contemplating like, oh, am I on this too much? Do I need to back off some? Like I really do like a lot of these things and just kind of being struck like the reason I kind of had a reversion to the rosary like and now it is such a big part of my life is because I stumbled across it on Instagram like that and at first I was like oh yeah but like I could have found it anyway but and you know kind of me being like oh is that just my humanness finding an excuse for why this is you know social media is good because I found the rosary on there and then I felt the Lord was like no that's that is how I chose to bring you back to the rosary like, or to have a specific attraction to it that I'd never had before. He was like, that right. was the means with which I chose to bring it back into your life. I could have had that conversion, that reversion of it in your life a different way. 
And he's like, but this is a very significant part of your life right now. And that is how I chose to bring it about. And that was just striking of, okay, Lord, like, then this isn't also just a straight up evil thing in your, in your mind either. Like, this isn't just automatically bad. And um, we talk, I talk a lot about the Catholic stuff, you should know podcast, and they started, um, they call themselves a J10 initiative, um, because J was January of 2010. And I think it was in January. I believe that's what J10 stands for. In January of 2010, um, or right around there, Pope Benedict XVI came out. I don't remember if it was an encyclical or if it was just part of a statement he made, but he was like, we need to be part of the continent of the internet or something along those lines where he's like, we, this is a, this is basically a whole new continent and we can't just ignore it. Like a lot is happening out there. And if we just twiddle our thumbs here and, um, do whatever we want like like no we need to evangelize there too we need to be present there too we can't just ignore it because that's where the world is right now they're spending time there and so we need to be there and so these seminarians now priests like felt called to start a podcast and all of these things back in 2010 um and so anyways and that was their inspiration was john paul or sorry pope benedict the 16th and so like even our holy father our um since past holy father saw that too where he was like no this and this is back in 2010 like right after the iphone came out right you know before a lot of, was or, it part like, of, the, the, uh, of these social medias coming out yeah what was it due to what was it part of um oh my the new evangelization isn't wasn't that some of it, it or might no? have been. i don't remember i don't i don't know that part to be honest um but it was just so that's just struck me of like okay, this is something we need to be on guard against because this is built to be manipulative. And there are people coming out with ethical uses of the internet and ethical websites and things like this that aren't supposed to draw you in, that aren't supposed to like be just profit-based, you know, but also just about connection and, you know, humanity and all of this. So I do, so that is becoming more prevalent, which is important too. But yeah, I don't know. That's my little beginning spiel to our discussion of my thoughts on the internet and technology and how it's, yeah no I think it can be a tool for good yeah and I think everything is in balance and moderation and and weighing through the lens of like we've been talking about so much like what lens are you looking at what is this purpose what is it serving but I do think there's something different that um like you know there's this push like of limiting and I think we do need to limit as parents on on my side of it you know, we tried to wait long before our kids even had cell phones and, but then seeing the need of like Grace is our oldest and needing to babysit or, you know, biking, we live in a different society and biking to practice or letting us know. And when she's done, when she arrived, whatever, you know, that type of thing where me growing up, it was like, you just went out and played. And then when the streetlights came on, you came home or when mom yelled across the field and, whatever the name, you know, you just went back. Like there wasn't this, this issue and the safety concern the way there is now we are living in a different world. And that was kind of how we weighed when our kids would need, um, to get a cell phone. I've heard some people do, you know, high school, which is what we were kind of trying, like as you graduate eighth grade. But now I think, you know, even 16, when they're driving, some do 14, whatever, you have to find that some ways I wish we had just done dumb phones, but because of having a big family, we, we passed our, our cell phones down and that's what we've kind of done. And now that we're at the point where we have a gap <laughs> till our next kids, I think we'll reevaluate it and see where life is at then. And hopefully wait even longer if we're able to, in terms of that type of technology, like I can definitely, we can do that better here. But I guess the thing I've learned though, too, is like just seeing what grace has done and where our kids really haven't gotten on a lot of social media we've really limited that part even if they've had access to an a phone or an ipod type situation and internet and that well and oddly enough all top three of us didn't care about social media for a while we didn't have a desire for it not until you were a while i don't really know why that was like yeah like Andrew's a junior, it would, I would, I would think it was like that 16 year old age. And, and even Gabe was college. He just didn't want anything to do with it, which I know isn't always the norm, but I think we really talked to you guys about that and monitored that. I mean, and it, I'm talking, and you still have 
lockdown sites and firewalls, just like they have at school. So I'm not talking about all that evil stuff of porn and things that's out there on the internet, but just the approach to that. How do you approach it? Because it isn't going somewhere and not deeming it all wrong. And I think that's where I like your approach. Grace is that you found like, I love how you say like the Catholic corner of Instagram, or it had this influence on you and where, because of that too, even seeing with your brother and gaming and, um, or even with like COVID. So like gaming, like, I just remember my brother's playing video games all the time together. Or if you couldn't pause and save a level, like they'd run out of screen time and the next boy would come down and like pick up. And they, it was kind of like they worked together because, you know, we limited the screen. My parents did that and they'd pick up because they weren't at the end of this level and they were trying to beat the level, but it became this teamwork thing or they would go over to so-and-so's house and they would play. Well, now you can do that all online. And I started realizing that with our oldest son was he wasn't like just on the screen all the time and just playing and was like a zombie. No, he was on and and it's a social part of his life because he's playing with his buddy across town. Or even now that he's in college, like he's playing with his, you know, buddy at a different university and this other kid at this other university. And there's three or four of them. And it's, it is a social outlet that way. And I, I think your dad and I really had started to see that it, that was very different for us because your dad was like, well, yeah, I would get together and we would get together in person and do it. And yes, there's all sorts of benefits of getting together in person. I'm not saying it replaces that, but we had to change our mindset of going, no, this isn't just them not being social. It's the opposite of that. They're actually being very social. And this is instead of all going and getting together on a Saturday night, they're, they're all online playing together for a handful of hours. Um, so that was very eye-opening where I was like, had to really change my own personal mindset of thinking this isn't interactive. This isn't social. Yes, it really is. It's just very different than what I grew up as social and how we were able to, just because of technology being able to do that. And, and then seeing like, I, I remember the year we had a bunch of people on spring break and after all those kids and they're, and they didn't all know each other before that but left that vacation week and went back and then they were gaming with each other. It kind of opened up this new circle of friendships and it was actually kind of cool. They got to know different people through that interaction, even though they had all hung out in person for a week that they could go back and, you know, game, even though they weren't in the same room together. I thought that was kind of neat that they had built some different type of relationships that way with good, with good people that we were together with. Um, And I, I guess I see, what was the other thing that was a big one? Oh, and just even with COVID, I think that opened, like, I remember Grace, when you guys had to start using, you know, just like, you know, Google docs and Google meets, this was even before COVID and that you could get on and you could edit papers and not be together. Like that was just mind blowing in that way. And yeah. it seemed and that, really was normal. that was normal by the time I had to do that. Right. That was it was very normal, but then once COVID came and you couldn't do that, how, how teachers could still assign group projects because of that, mm-hmm. or where I would come and in, and like how you and Amelia would always, and Mr. Mm-hmm. Ball would always, you guys would study together on that. And so it was like, yeah, they're on a screen, but they're not on a screen, just numbing. I think there was so much ingrained in my generation that like a screen is bad. It's numbing you. It's doing this, whatever, where I saw my kids hopefully with some of my positive influence, but just also teaching us that, no, the screen is actually very interactive Mm -hmm. and it was actually saving us a lot of time and energy. I didn't have to go drop you off at Amelia's and pick you up. You guys were studying together. um, Even if you weren't studying. Right. Some of it too. You guys were going to bed and we were like, we got a big exam tomorrow. We're going to stay up. We'd stay up to like 1am on FaceTime studying together. Like, yeah, help, you know, it wasn't healthy. Maybe not all the time. Maybe I should have just gone to bed and done my best the next morning, but before finals, I remember there was an app that came out for a bit. It was like house party. Yes. People FaceTiming. Now that's normal. I have multiple people on right. a, on a Zoom call of some sort at once. But it was like revolutionary in the moment of like, no, it's an app where multiple people can be on it. And so we would come up with like study groups on there and be like, hey, we're all just going to like run through the review packet like at this time tonight. I remember there was four of us on a house on house party app studying for like honors chem exam. We were all just dead. And one girl explained, it was Emily. 
and she explained something to us because she understood it and the other three of us didn't and we just stared at her blankly after she explained it because we're like what and then I was like I think it was probably past 11 at least at this point I was like I think we all need a five minute nap and then we will try again to understand that we're like okay so we all left our phones on we're like I was like I'll set a timer for five minutes I'll tell you all when it's like done like everyone just lay for five minutes and don't think and rest it's late and we can't understand this and so we all laid there for five minutes with our phones on still and I was like all right the timer went off and then we explained it again and we were like oh that makes sense <laughs> wow <laughs> weirdest dynamic that night but I was but yeah it was a kind of a cool way or I remember yeah. like that big paper due like in some English class and me and Amelia both I don't know if we were editing or just like sometimes it was just the company of we were working on the same pro- like homework together and just knew- knowing someone else was there working on it or like bouncing a quote off each other and I remember finishing mine like slightly before her she's like I need another half an hour and I was like I'll just stay on I was like I'm gonna get re- ready for bed but I was like I'll stay on I'll hang up when you go-, go to bed and then like finally she's like okay I turned it in good night and I was already like in bed I was like good night and we hung up and I turned the light off and went to bed but like and maybe sometimes it you know that wasn't always the best there was probably a balance of sometimes that's just what you do because it was late at night and you wanted to be with people and maybe sometimes it was too much it was of a replacement of being in person but like it was still cool that we the reason we were doing it was for a desire for community for like a desire to be with and I guess maybe that's like my bigger thing is I've seen my kids utilize that it's changed my mind of screens or tech being detrimental to no this is just I need to open my eyes that this is a new form of community and it's a new form of relating and that's not a bad thing and that's something that my kids it's not going away it's not going anywhere so it's not not that like I shouldn't think that I have to fight it in the same way I should have a different mindset and eye opening that yes like you said there's still balance and community you know limiting and finding that you know you shouldn't be on all hours of the night or whatever but there is a good part of it and it it's not Mm -hmm. all like just throw it all away like even with Mm -hmm. limiting like it's not like we just put it all away it's like where do you find the balance you know we try to have our kids tech you know check in all their devices at night and make sure or turn off the internet or different things like that so I'm not talking I didn't want to get into all the preventative part of it, but just the eye-opening by my kids being open and seeing how they were using it, it helped me as my kids aged. I think it's very different for when you have all little kids who aren't really on that. It's great when you can limit screens and stuff, but when they have to start using them, I guess maybe that's more my focus. When you have to start using them more for school and things like that, you know, where you're, you know, needing that type of access either to the internet or with group projects or things like that. It was really good for me to give it pause and look at it instead of just making this assumption that it's like it was for me, you know, and, and just seeing how I think it's very interesting, the techno and technological age of how everything's changed from my first email address and like dial up versus, uh, none of that now, you know, and how far it's, it's progressed. And I, and, and how my kids have obviously progressed in how they understand and can teach me things and, um, mm-hmm. versus what I knew before. And, and so it's, it's just been a good thing where I think sometimes the older generation get, can get caught in this isn't good. It's too progressive or, or, and a lot of it's because we just don't understand. And mm-hmm. so as we learn and gain knowledge, we can find the balance and find a lot of, of the good in it. And I think you guys have done a good way of that. And I'm hoping that we have a decent understanding of that and can understand it with balance and good perspective versus yuck all the time. Cause I think you, you have seen people who have said that to you in the past, like this isn't, you shouldn't be on this. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't always have a phone in your, you know, things like that. Like, I think it is hard when you're like, no, I'm playing this game with so-and-so. We might be all sitting in this room. Like I had an instance like that where somebody came in the room and we're all on our phones and they were like, how are you sitting here with 10 people? And we were watching, I don't know, a football game or a movie and it was on a commercial. Then we were all on our phones, but we were all on our phones playing a separate game within the same game we were playing while watching something, which, so it was like, we were actually interacting more. And so it's just different generation and different understanding. And I think it's something that because it's not going anywhere, 
we do have to keep learning about and coming to an understanding of how it works and, and trying to find the actual benefits instead of all the deterrence and bad yeah. things. And I think a few other thoughts I had while you're saying that. So like one thing I think I want to, I want to keep working on in my life is I don't want technology to, at least I'd ha- there's probably exceptions to this, but for the most part, I don't want technology to really replace it. Or I should say like internet technology that we have all sorts of, that's mainly what we're talking about internet technology that everything, there's all sorts of things that are considered technology. Um, but I don't want, you know, like, I don't want Zoom to be the default for my class. If someone's right. sick or if, or if like there's bad weather and we decide to Zoom class, okay, fine. I prefer to just have a snow day, if I'm being honest. But like, yeah, right. Um, but it's like, no, that's fine. As long as it's not the default. Or maybe it's like, maybe this class does have to be online the whole semester. But like, usually that's not why it would be. There's a reason it's not, you know. Or I was thinking like one time, they have an app for Mario Kart now. And we were playing that at my apartment and like we played for probably a half hour straight of just us sitting in the room playing each other on Mario Kart on our phones. And I remember looking up at one point, I was like, we probably look like a bunch of teenagers. Like this is what everyone's like, don't do this. Don't sit on your phones with each other. And I was like, okay. But in and of itself, playing this game with each other on our phones is not bad. I was like, and if this becomes our default and this is all we do together, then that's something to consider. But just being like stepping back, like looking around and stepping back and at first being like, is this really what I've come to? And then going, no, this this is inherently not wrong right now and I think it's it's it feels so wrong because of how there's just that mindset and it can be bad and so we almost it's kind of like our last episode you can't jump completely like you don't want gray zone so you go completely black and white like there there is a balance and being like all right we have a discussion if this is like an issue but it's not right like in that friend group right now like that was that's just something fun we decided to do that day and we were having a blast and trash talking each other on our driving abilities like playing Mario Kart I don't know it was just a good time right and I think that goes back to what is the purpose like what is you have to look at it through the lens of what is the purpose of this and why am I utilizing it this way and how do you balance it right and And I think that I think in some ways COVID brought so much of that to the surface people didn't want like what you said what do I want this to be the default no do I want to replace it have it replace interpersonal communication interpersonal interaction face-to-face in person live no I think that's what COVID actually showed was we are so sick of screens but it also showed the benefit that things can be done that way like when you're talking zoom when you're talking projects and it's not all bad but I think it showed how we definitely need a balance that human interaction needs to happen that this can't replace at all because there's huge issue with that too which is a good thing like it showed the good and the bad you know and it came out through that that we're being able to see it and I know there'll be so many other repercussions technology and not from COVID like that we've talked about mental health in general or whatever we could go down that whole road but like you said like is this becoming the default and, or what is the purpose? And if I'm intentional and mindful of why I'm doing it, that's where we should gauge the balance. Mm-hmm. When I even think I was thinking too, like TVs and movies, cause sometimes that's an easy, easy social thing is to just turn on a show. And sometimes I get hesitant to vex. I know I do that a lot, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like, I like it when it brings out discussion. Cause as you guys know, I've talked about it a lot. Like I'm a big story person. I like talking and reading, like talking about stories, reading stories, watching stories, in whatever format they're in and recently I was watching something and we were just like discussing like the intricacies it was Hamilton actually and we were watching Hamilton and this one character on stage that we were like I've seen this enough times now I just want to study what you know Lin-Manuel Miranda did with this character because that character is around every time someone dies and it was just really interesting and because she would play like the bullet character like every time someone shot a gun like they didn't actually have a bullet on stage but she would pretend like she was tracing it but if you pay attention every time she's around and gen- like then we were just having this conversation the whole time and it was fun right. it was like dissecting a story and I was like that's so much more like that was just like a good engaging thing it got our brains moving you're paying attention yeah. to details you're like d- like getting involved in a story kind of thing and so it just like I don't know it's like pausing and it's like all right what technology am I using what's the beauty in this that I can pull out more you know and what's the what's the part that's like a crush that I can fall fall onto easily that I want to avoid falling easily onto this like I was talking with my friends for Lent where I was like yeah I'm not giving up shows or whatever for Lent but I'm giving up other technologies and I'm trying to be very aware that TV doesn't now become my crutch because I removed podcasts and social media you know because now the the times that I want to reach for social media I can't so I'm like well I'll just watch a show I'm like I don't want to do that 
Like if this right. isn't what supposed to be this is what. And it's right. so easy to make it that. So it's like, how do you, how can you be aware that like, how do I use this not as a crutch and how can I be intentional when I use it? And what is the good thing that I can try and bring more of it out? And how can I yeah. minimize the negative parts? And well, and I think it's interesting just to, the evolution. Like said, to say, so, so we right. can't. And it's going to evolve into something else too. Like yep. it's like, I think back, I'm reading Anne of Green Gables right now. Like that mm-hmm. was one of the things I would want to read this or even Pride and Prejudice, like back at that, when you look back in other movies or story, and I get that that's all fictional, you know, but how they talk about it, where like Diana's mom and Anne of Green Gables, one of the characters, mothers, if you haven't read it of this young girl tells her to keep her head out of books or pride and prejudice like it was looked at people who read like and look how we look at reading we look at reading now as like people are educating themselves or they're very well versed we say or have knowledge but you look back into these other times and reading was like almost like a screen or a social media or an escape and it was like you're gonna just fill your head with nonsense like you need to get your mind out of the books and be focused on your chores or the day-to-day work or how to cook and how to, how to keep house, they would always say, or how to, you know, sit around and, and knit. That's what women did. And and they talked and they spilled the tea then, you know, like those things. But when you look back on it, I'm like that to them at that time was the screen or getting lost in the technology or social media of that, that was filling their head with, you know, stuff and non and stuff and nonsense. I always thought it was stuffing like stuffing nonsense that Marilla would say, but it's stuff and nonsense. Like was her go-to that's just stuff and nonsense. And I think it's so funny now when we're like, Oh, look, they're reading. I'm so glad. Or like you said, and then let's discuss it. Like what you were just talking about a movie, like people do with books and that's why they have book clubs. And you know, to talk about it that way, but it wasn't always looked that way. So now how is, you know, technology or social media or the internet, like it will evolve into something else. And will we look back in, in that way? And, and even just starting from like the big source of it in the beginning was research, like huge that you could have all this research at your tips, like, and seeing how you guys just learn to cite websites. I never learned that you didn't cite websites, you cited journals and encyclopedias and, you know, research material and like hard copies and, you know, periodicals or whatever. It was just later I started, I guess, to cite websites maybe, but I think that was even post-college for me. Like it was just so different anyway. Um, but I think it, it, it will evolve then too. And it will, and then they'll have to be find balance of something new. So I think it is good in with knowledge, with intention, with purpose to find balance because it will, that's just life. It will keep evolving and having awareness that it's not all bad. So how, how is it going to evolve and how do we find the balance through what lens are we looking at? What purpose we're looking. And maybe too, what are you going to cut out? What are you just not going to be involved in? Or what are you going to highly limit? Like I'm sometimes I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. We still have a month left of Lent, but part of me is like, how am I going to approach the things I'm giving up when I come out? I don't want to just dive back in. And I'm like, right. what if I start treating Instagram like a blog and I try, I, I check up on it twice a week, you know, because I decide that's not something I want part of my daily, daily life, but it's not something I don't mind having. I don't know. We'll see what I do. But and like, I like that. I think that's great balance. That's what I'm saying is that you don't do, you don't have to do all and you don't do nothing. You find mm-hmm where it is and what purpose it's going to serve or not serve in your life. And mm-hmm. I think that that is exactly what I'm getting at is yeah. you looking at it through that lens of where do I want this in my life? If at all. Yeah. And, but you're not just going if at all, because it's all bad or it's all good. You're just going, mm-hmm. what purpose is it going to serve? I think that's great to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. It's not an all or nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I think that's great that you have that type of mind, which I don't know. That's why I wanted you to share about it because you are of, of that tech generation. Like mm-hmm. you really have been born into that where you remember prior you've grown through that even as a young person. So it's kind of grown up with you, but you have re- memory before after versus like your baby sister yeah. that only remembers this. And yeah. Ava, gonna- Ava won't remember before it. She was born after the iPhone came out. Right. So, so it's really it, just us oldest three that kind of remember. I, I really wonder how much Andrew and Gabe remember. 
Yeah. It, it, yeah. So I think it's, it's, but there's something that we should still be learning and something they're going to have to learn and balance in a different way too. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's very, but I, I think you bring up really good perspectives. Like we're talking about the purpose of it and it not replacing something. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's very good that it's not to be supplement. Right. Not supplement. The supplement is like a temporary replacement. Can it aid? Maybe that's the yeah. one looking for. Can it, Can it aid something because of the purpose? Can it and serve me? The, right. And the different, right. Is this serving me? For what purpose is it serving me? If I remember all? being really struck when I, I had to take a class in Excel for my accounting major and our professor going, she's like, this is a class where if you find an easier way than I'm teaching you, that's the point of this class. Excel is supposed to serve you. So she's like, she's like, it's supposed to be your help, like helpful. It's supposed to do things quicker for you so that you don't have to do nearly as much work. And you just can have a lot of data really fast. That's what it's set up for. She's like, so I'm going to train you so that you know how to do that and you know how to use shortcuts. And she's like, so if you learn about a shortcut that I don't know, then do that. And so that was just right away when I started learning it. It was like, this is a tool that's supposed to simplify things for me. It's supposed to serve me. It's supposed to be a tool for me in my school and my work. This is why I make clue spreadsheets now. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Because I just understand how, you know, I still think there's more I can learn, but I have more of a picture of how it's supposed to be a helpful tool Uh, and that that is kind of I've thought of that with different technologies I'm like how is this serving me this this I'm not supposed to be a slave to this this I I'm not going to say it should be a slave to me but but that can I flip that mindset I don't want to be a slave to my technology and so if I'm starting to become a slave to my technology what needs to change and how can my technology serve me how can it help me how can it bring more into my life and if it's not doing that then I don't need it like right I feel like we should have started with that but I think that's a really good way to end it though, too. It's like, mm-hmm. really, what is the purpose? Is it serving you not being a slave to it, but seeing that there should be benefits. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then we need to re-examine that. You know, mm-hmm. if it's, if you, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really good. You have good insight. I like hearing how you talk about it. So thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. Cause sometimes I'm like, I hope I'm not just making excuses for why I want to spend time. Like, that's where I'm always checking myself. I'm like, am I just saying good stuff? Cause it's, me making an excuse and I'm like I really don't want it to be so I'm trying to I try to keep myself in check so right and I think you're open to being called out on it I think that's a lot of thing too and that shows a lot of willingness and approachability when you're approachable about something instead of getting defensive that shows a lot of where you're at and where your purpose and your mindset is it would be different if you were defensive on it in a way like then, then are you over the top on it? So I don't know. I think that's, mm-hmm. a, I think it's good awareness for us to have as my generation at meaning us, because I think we have to look at it on what is there, this benefit and how is that serving us mm-hmm. if at all, and, and think- not be so closed off to the fact that there is a benefit. There can yeah. be a benefit. This can be used in right balance with purpose. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not out here promoting that we should do all these things, but I think it also, we just have to have, a mindset of there are some good things here that we can learn and be aware of. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think one thing I did think learning about a lot of this, and this is kind of jumping to earlier about like when you let kids have technology, the more I like studied that, I was like, you really need to be mature enough to know how your brain works, to know how this is going to draw you in and suck you in. I was like, I think I'm not going to let my kids have technology or have very limited technology for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, the more I've learned about this, even though I do think it can be very positive. I'm like, because you just don't know yourself enough right? Know you how manage you're it? Wanna, and know how you're just going to want this endlessly. And you can't limit yourself on that at a young age, at yeah. a young age. And so yeah. I don't know exactly what that'll look like, but I remember studying some of that for a class and I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I don't know when I do things, but I, I would slow it down. Cause it's like, they just, they, you don't have the mental um, capacity at that point to limit yourself on something. Right. You just know what you want. And so I can't blame someone for wanting what they want. No, that's why there's parenting involved. And it will be really interesting to see where it's evolved at the time when you have to make those decisions too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But I think that was kind of firm for me. I was like, nope, you need to, at least when you're handed like like something where you can, at least like handed something like a phone where you can have the internet when you want it, not talking again about like limits against like things like pornography and stuff, but just like having it, it at your fingertips you need to be at a certain maturity level. Right. So, and then that would be something I'd want to teach people too, is like, you have hey, to technology is part of our life. And I want to teach my kids, like it's going to influence you this way. And that's not a bad thing, but you need to know that, you know, mm-hmm. 
be aware of how you're being marketed to. Yeah. Yeah. And how your brain works and how that's not a bad thing, but just knowing that is important, you know, very important. I don't know. Things I've thought about. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with us, Grace. Thanks for thanks for conversing. So do you want to share all your things as we wrap up here? Yeah. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Thanks Mom Podcast or the Thanks Mom Podcast Podcast Facebook group. Um, we have um, I forgot to mention last time our email Thanks Mom Podcast at gmail dot com. We are on all. The we're still taking platforms. all. Yeah, yeah, we're taking suggestions. So email us, comment on Facebook or Instagram, and um can't think of the other no I got them all because oh yeah like comment subscribe rate review share us with others yeah make sure you share us because I know these last two topics have been kind of like you might have a completely different opinion or insight and we'd love to know what it is or if we should revisit it or have you come back and talk with us about it because we like to do that type of thing we talk like to talk about different things so Mm -hmm. um and you can uh look me up at christinambrown.com or um, Facebook or Instagram, Facebook at Christina Brown, Instagram at Christina underscore underscore M underscore underscore Brown and email me at Christina at madeforgreatness.co. We hope you join us next time on the Thanks Mom Podcast. Thanks Mom.